consider the birds, Jesus says. I don't know how many of you are birders. Maybe some of you are. There's always a few in the crowd. In my family, um, my mom and her sisters are not just sort of interested in birds. They're birders. You know the type. The kind who knows not just what birds look like, but the kind who knows what they sound like, who says, oh, that is a rufous-sided toey. You can tell because it's saying, drink your tea. To the uninitiated, of course, these mysteries are profound, are beyond knowledge. They all kind of sound the same. Chirp, 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 tweet, 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 tweet. But Jesus says today, consider the birds. So consider this morning the birds. Consider how they begin their day. If you wake up early enough, if you wake up quiet enough, and your house is quiet enough, which is a challenge, you can hear the birds in the morning, can't you? You can hear them waking up with the dawn. You can hear them about 15 to 20 minutes before the sun really comes up over the horizon, calling out to one another, chirp, chirp, tweet, tweet, a new day. They break forth in song. And what are they singing? What are those birds singing about? If only we could understand them, right? My daughter claims that she can understand the birds, but I don't think she can really, right? If we could understand the birds, what would they be telling us? Jesus says they'd be telling us this. Maybe this is a stretch for you, but isn't this what he says? Consider how the birds trust their heavenly father. And so it's not a stretch to consider that the song of the birds every morning is a song of praise to the heavenly father. It is a song of praise and thanksgiving to their heavenly father who formed even that insignificant sparrow. Of all the birds, the sparrow is the smallest and most insignificant, right? No birder gets excited in seeing a sparrow. They're brown, they're gray, they're a dime a dozen. But to our heavenly father, even the sparrow is precious. And so the sparrow sings a song of thanksgiving and praise to the heavenly father every morning, knowing that the father in heaven will provide for that little itty-bitty bird that most of us look at and say, would you just be quiet? Because our song in the morning is a much different one, isn't it? Consider the song of the birds and then consider your own song in the morning. How is it that we wake up? We don't wake up with a chirp in our throats. We don't wake up with a tweet in our minds. We wake up much more like Jesus says, worrying. There are many things that will happen to you today, aren't there? And what will happen if you don't worry about them? We wake up every morning not with a song of praise and thanksgiving to our Heavenly Father, but we wake up singing a song of anxiety. And that's not a pleasant song, is it? And yet we find ourselves doing it every morning almost by instinct, almost just like those birds sing by instinct their song of praise to the Heavenly Father. We wake up singing, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? If only those were our worries. We have much bigger worries. We wake up every morning, turn on our phones and say, what did they say last night on the news? What are the number counts today? What are the politicians saying today? What is my boss going to require of me today? What is going to happen to me today? Worry, worry, worry. This is the song of man in the morning, not a song of praise to the heavenly father, but a song of anxiety and tension. Consider the birds and consider yourself. Jesus cuts right to the chase this morning, doesn't he? He cuts right to the chase. Do not worry. Sing like the birds. Don't sing that song of anxiety and tension in the morning. Do not worry. O you of little faith, 
See how Jesus cuts right to the chase? What's the problem with worry? Why is worry such an issue? Well, because it reveals a lack of faith. That's what Jesus says. See, the problem with thinking about things, the problem with worrying is that we worry without considering God. We worry without faith. That's the problem of worry. We should make sure that we define what worry is because Jesus doesn't say you shouldn't think about the future, right? That's sometimes how this, these words of our Lord get distorted. Jesus wants you to go through life care, carefree. Jesus wants you to float through the world, right? Singing Hakuna Matata. But that's not what Jesus means by do not worry. What Jesus means when he says do not worry is do not consider your life without reference to God. But how common that is for us, isn't it? Oh, yes, we believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, but, but what does that help with Monday morning and Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday evening? See how easy it is to slip into this worrying mindset, to slip out of faith, to forget the Lord God Almighty, that he reigns in heaven above and on earth below, and to think that all of our problems are for us to figure out. This is the problem of worrying. It's not that planning and thinking about the future is wrong. You have to do that, right? You have to decide, what am I going to eat for lunch today? What are we going to have for dinner on Tuesday? What am I going to get up in the morning tomorrow? Which job am I going to take? You have to think through all of those things, and it's not sinful to do so. But but when you start to consider all of those things without reference to God, that's where the problem comes in. And Jesus cuts right to it. He says, O ye of little faith. And I wonder how he says that word, because I think there's a world of meaning in that little term, you of little faith. I think Jesus uses it here almost like a nickname, almost as a term of endearment. In our family, my grandfather, uh, who is now in heaven, he, uh, he had a term of endearment, a nickname for everyone. And usually the nicknames were kind of insulting on their own, right? If someone were to call you Bootsy, Would you like that? Would you consider that a great compliment? But in the mouth of Poppy, well, that was a term of endearment, right? Or it could be anyways. A Bootsy to him was someone, a kid, a little kid, who was stumbling through life, who wasn't quite sure of their way, and was doing all kinds of strange things. You know how kids are. So he would laugh, and he would call us Bootsies, and he had all kinds of strange nicknames. I don't know where he came up with this stuff, but maybe you know people like that. When Jesus calls his disciples, you of little faith, I think it's much like that. He uses that same term with his disciples later in the Gospel of Matthew when he's sleeping on the boat and the storm is raging on the Sea of Galilee. Remember this episode? Jesus is asleep on the boat, but the disciples are worried. They're scared stiff. And so they run over to the Lord and they shake him and they wake him up and they say, Lord, save us, we're perishing. And he says, be still to the wind and the waves, and then he turns to the disciples and says, oh, you of little faith. Oh, could you blame them, Jesus? (laughs) What were they supposed to do when the water was piling over the boat? What were they supposed to think when the wind was swirling around them? Jesus says, you should remember your heavenly father. You should remember who is in the boat with you. He says it again to Simon Peter in a very similar episode. Remember when Jesus walks across the water at night? The disciples are there in the boat again, and there's wind and there's waves, and Jesus comes to them across the water, and the disciples see him, and they think he's a ghost, and they're terrified. 
And Peter, good old Peter, says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water. And so Jesus says, come on, Peter. And he walks on the water. He walks on the water without a worry, without an anxiety in his mind. Why? Because his eyes are fixed on Jesus. But then he sees the waves. He feels the wind in his face and he forgets about Jesus for just a split second and he worries and he sinks and Jesus grabs him and pulls him up out of the water and says to him, oh, you have little faith. Now, did Jesus mean that as an insult to Peter then or to the disciples before? Does he mean it as an insult to us this morning? Is he trying to be stern and rebuke us by saying to us, oh, you of little faith, why do you worry so much? Or is he speaking like a father? like an older brother, like a grandfather who looks on his foolish disciples and their weakness and says, oh, you have little faith. Have you forgotten? It's much more like that, isn't it? Because then he turns and says, consider the birds. Look, you have little faith. Consider these tiny, little, insignificant birds. And consider the lilies of the field, these tiny little flowers that are noticed by almost no one. But consider them and learn the lesson of the sparrows and of the little flowers. You who worry about such big things like economies and globalization and all kinds of problems in the world around us, learn from the little birds and from the little flowers, you of little faith. We worry about a lot of things, don't we? We don't intend to. It just sort of happens to us. And you know how worries are. They're sort of like cancers. Once a little bit sets in, they keep expanding and they keep growing. This is the way fear works. It starts small, but once you worry about one thing, well, that leads to something else, and that leads to something else, and that leads to something else, and pretty soon, half an hour has gone by, and you've worried about a lot of things. But there's always more. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? How can we add length to our lives? How can we stay healthy? How can we keep everything under control? Jesus says, you can't. Which of you, by worrying, accomplishes anything? Do you add any time to your life by your worries? Or is your life set by your heavenly Father? Jesus lumps all of our cares and our worries together in these three questions. What do we eat? What do we drink? And what do we wear? That seems too simple, doesn't it? Maybe that was how things were back then, Jesus, but we have bigger problems. We have global economies. We have politicians who have much more power than King Herod did. We have all kinds of issues. We have diseases that run rampant through the world. But Jesus knew about those things too, didn't he? He reminds you today that all of your cares and your worries and your anxieties, as big as they seem to you, are in the eyes of your heavenly Father worries about food and clothes. It seems too simple, doesn't it? It doesn't work that way, Jesus. If I don't worry about my food, if I don't worry about my drink, if I don't worry about my clothes, if I don't worry about my family, if I don't worry about my church, if I don't worry about my community, if I don't worry about the hospitals, if I don't worry, if I don't worry, then who will take care of these things? Look at the little birds. Look at the little flowers of the field. Who worries about them? God, the Heavenly Father, does. That is the message that Jesus proclaimed to his disciples long ago, and that is still what he proclaims to you. If God cares for little birds, if God cares for little flowers, how much more will he care for you? 
you know you are more valuable than a sparrow, don't you? Sparrows are brown and gray, and they chirp and they tweet, but they don't do anything all that remarkable. But you, you are much more valuable than a sparrow. And the flowers of the field, well, they come and go. Today they're here, tomorrow they're gone. They bloom and they decay as quickly as they're there. But you, you are of much greater value. Do you know that? I think that's the issue that we have, isn't it? We have a hard time believing that. We have a hard time believing that God actually notices me, that he actually cares about, sure, he cares about big things, but does he really care about you? Does he really care about you? Does he really care about your problems on a Thursday afternoon? Jesus says, you are of much more value than a sparrow. You are of much more value than the grass. How will your heavenly father forget about you? Are you more valuable than a bird to God? Are you more valuable than the grass to God? Well, did God become a bird? Did God take on the problems of a grass? Or when he was born into this world, did he not become your brother? Did he not come into this world as one of us? And does he not say that he bears our burdens and carries our griefs and carries our sins to the cross? Here is the message that triumphs over worries. Here is the message that drives out fears. That we have a God who is not simply far off caring about big, big things, but he comes for you. He comes for me, he comes for you, and he has proven it beyond the shadow of a doubt through his son, Jesus Christ. See, it's easy to say the words, right? It's easy to tell someone, hey, don't worry about it. Don't take it too seriously. But just words doesn't solve anything. Christ Jesus is not a man who simply says things but never follows up. He is the one in whom words and actions are so perfectly united that he is called the word made flesh. So when he says, don't worry, when he says, don't let your problems be overwhelming to you, remember your heavenly father in the midst of your concerns, we have this sure and certain foundation that God has valued us more than birds, that he does value us more than grass, that he has proven it through his son, Jesus Christ, who came into this world to carry our sins and our pains to the cross. And when you need a reminder of that, as we all do, when you need to be fed by that and clothed in that, has not Christ provided for that also? Has he not provided the way that faith is strengthened, that faith is nourished, that faith is made to grow like a flower of the field? Does he not cause his word to be proclaimed in your ears even as it is being done this day? Does he not cause his flesh and his blood to be fed into your mouths, feeding you far better than any bird of the sky? The answer, of course, is yes. So believe it. Do not worry, Jesus says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. He loves you more than the birds. He loves you more than the grass. So do not worry, but trust in him, O you of little faith. Trust in him. That is the message that Jesus teaches us today, to live not by worry and anxiety, but to live by faith. You know, there's a lot of talk about anxiety in the world today. I don't know if you notice this or not, but young people especially talk about being anxious all of the time. Why are they so anxious? Why, are, why is there so much anxiety and worry in the world? 
Isn't there some correlation? Don't you see some correlation? As God is forgotten, as the church is disregarded, what will come in place of that in the hearts and minds of the people of our world? Anxiety, tension, fear, worry, concern. You can hear it in the air all around us. For if we do not remember our Heavenly Father, then all of a sudden all those problems are just on you. And you've got to figure it all out. Don't screw up. You've got to figure out everything in your family, everything in the world around you, everything all around us. And people try and they try and they try and they end up just filled with more and more worry. Jesus says, turn to your heavenly father and remember, remember who he is, remember what he has done and what he still promises to do. But if I stop worrying, Jesus, what will I do with all my spare time? If I don't wake up in the morning and sing my song of worry and anxiety, what will I sing instead? Well, consider the birds of the sky. Consider the lilies of the field. They don't just sit idle all day, but they sing and they chirp and they fly. They bloom and they blossom and they grow. Jesus says, instead of worrying, trust your heavenly Father and seek his kingdom and his righteousness. See, you will have something to do. If you give up your worries, if you trust in your heavenly father, if you plan your days remembering him and living by faith in him, it's not that you will become idle, but that you will become like a little bird and you will become like a little flower of the field doing what your father always intended you to do, which is not to fret and worry and be filled with anxiety, but which is to live by faith and in love for your neighbor. So consider the birds, how they sing, Wake up some morning extra early, turn off your phone, leave it off for a whole day if you can manage it, and just listen to the birds. Listen to them sing to to their heavenly Father and remember that he is yours as well. And then, if you're willing to do it, maybe even join your voice in with theirs. Maybe even sing like a little bird, not chirp, chirp, tweet, tweet, but sing words like what God ordains is always good. What God ordains is always good. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.